summer's day in Mercy's Creek, 1982, seven months before Floyd's death and your exodus from the town. It's hot, creeping into the mid-30s Celsius and mid-90s in Fahrenheit. We travel over the town, far above, watching the townsfolk go about their days, some rushing, leading busy lives, others going slower, enjoying the golden summer days. None enjoying it more than the younger folk in Mercy's Creek. Out by Joyner Avenue, some kids took their father's mowers and carved out a large patch in one of the wide fields near Hampton, raked away the grass clippings and made a makeshift soccer pitch as the school gates remain locked. They have more than enough kids for full games with two sides and even some substitutes waiting off the pitch in the long grass. There is currently an argument on the field as the goalkeeper for the red side swears he saw one of the yellow team strikers pull a handball to stop it from going out. Even Frank Hill isn't being a bother. Normally he chased the kids off the Hampton Fields, but he's currently asleep on the front porch with a fan blowing on him with his shotgun on his lap. <laughs> kids dive off the bridge over the town river as it lazily glides along. Warm, but not too warm to make swimming pointless in the hot summer sun. Reaching these types of temperatures is incredibly rare in these parts, so most townsfolk don't know what to do with themselves. The windows lie open in King's general practice, trying to tempt in a slight breeze as King sits in his office. Off in the area of the forest north of Mercy's Creek, in the area you named the Elms, for rather obvious reasons, we find Floyd Tibbet sitting on a large rock above a lively stream. It is large enough and deep enough to swim in through most of summer and is your consistent spot as your main river swimming area because the main river is often quite overly populated with people who want to kick Tuck's teeth out. So you come here. <laughs> um, Floyd is looking at the end of the line of his fishing rod and squinting at it. It took the hook. I reckon there are eels in this water. And he took my hook. Willow emerges out of the water, coughs and wipes her eyes. What did I say about fishing while we're in here, Floyd? You won't be complaining when I catch one. He's still looking at the end of the line. Jack comes over and looks at the end of the line and starts fishing in his dad's bait box for another one. Well, I'll be complaining loudly and bitterly when I get a hook through my eye. What are you going to do when you catch one? I'm going to run home and put it in my fish tank. I'll name him Robert. That's a two-mile run. They'll die before you get out of the elms, says Willow, looking up at the two of them from the water. What are you all doing? As he says, it's a two-mile run, it'll die before you get home. Tully walks past and says, bucket. <laughs> Where are we going to get a bucket, Tully? Did you bring a tucket? A tucket? A bucket? A <laughs> bucket? 
What? Yeah, you Shut up. <laughs> if you um, look over... I don't know, the hardware store? I'm... <laughs> Buddy, that's, a four, that's a four mile run <laughs> If you look over So get it now Coincidentally enough Buddy is holding a bucket Which he's using for some sort of Nature cooking Like, like you know Wait. You know when you There's know, one kids, over there You know when kids like Make like a mud pie kind of thing And like this is cook It's 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 like that Except he has food <laughs> And he's like oh, I've, I found some acorns I found some things Oh this could work You make a damper on a like, stick Yeah Tully yeah. walks over yeah. And Tips everything out of the bucket. <laughs> well, he's got his back turned, like, foraging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then carries over. He's like, there you go. Put the fish in there. And water. That's important. Uh, Floyd takes the bucket, looks at it, and looks back to this lineless, this, this hookless line. He's like, you'll get him yeah, next time, buddy. Th- yeah, thanks, Tully. Nice. Uh, Jess is buddy going turns to around and looks at, like, the rest of the ground. What happened? <laughs> what happened? It, it, it became alive. It, it came to life. It's, uh, it's going to get us. What you call? Uh, uh, um, sorry. No, you go, you go. Oh, I was just going to say that Liv is kind of lazily lounging in the sun on one of the rocks, feet dangling in the water, because she doesn't quite want to swim in the water for the same reason that Willow's like, I'm going to get a hook through my eye. Um, Liv is just like, I'm just going to cool down by paddling my feet in the water, <laughs> but the rest of me will be sunbathing. Thank you. She's the one who gets the hook in her foot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, ah! Jess is off to the side of like a little small like kind of stream that's going off. Like She's rolled up her overalls um, like up to her knees. It's all bunching. Uh, and she's trying so desperately hard to make a dam and it's like all failing but she's like throwing sticks and rocks in and she's like I am God (laughs) (laughs) she's going through a phase (laughs) like there is mud everywhere on her like her nice white shirt that her mum said do not wear to the creek she's wearing to the creek (laughs) but yeah that's what Jess is doing Uh, Tuck is quite close by but a little into the woods and he's found the nearest uh, completely dead tree, and he's just like stacking kindling around the base of it. <laughs> Good. It's like we've got a small hatchet that he's been using for like he's trying to learn how to like axe throw, but he's very very bad at it. So he's just started chopping up twigs, and he's not thinking about the fact that he seems to be like prepping an act of arson. He's yep. just sort of. I don't know, keeping himself entertained. And this is what has happened. He's building a Jenga tower of firewood around a dead tree. Jess is stealing his sticks. (laughs) He comes back and suddenly there's like five sticks less. There's like a line of muddy footprints to your pile and back. He's like squinting at a squirrel that he's pretty sure is like in one of the trees. Well, Jess is like sitting next to him with his sticks. sticks. Like, yeah, Tuck's just like looking from the missing sticks to the trees. Like, God damn it, I could have sworn I had more than this. That's a frame of Jess walking behind him with like over the shoulder shot of Tuck. Yeah. Um, So Jack ties on a new hook onto Floyd's line and then goes down, sits down on a different rock with his pile of books and starts going back through it. And Floyd looks over and is like, Jack, it's holidays. It's holidays. Why'd you bring the library? You're a freak, Jack! <laughs> Jack looks up and says, Tally, that's not very nice. It's a week till Adult. school starts. It's like, yeah, get some mud on your face. It's a, Jess it's, throws a mud ball. It's like a Fails. week. Jess, these are library books. It's a week till school starts, and yeah, this is going to be the last year of high school. 
So you're going to pay for this thing. And he's going to look at, the, uh, look at you all. So I've been meaning to have this conversation with you all for a oh, while, no. actually. Oh. And he closes the book. Okay, yeah, great. What are your plans after high school? You gotta be. You should have been considering these things like last year, at the latest. And I know none of you have. I can take some of the blame for that because I didn't force you to. But well, Floyd throws his hand up. I want to make instruments. That's not much of a career, Floyd. Like I want to make instruments. Oh, that that could be a career. Yeah, I'll make like guitars. There's, there's like a luthier You could try and make like instruments out of vegetables. I've heard that that's a what. I think yeah. that, I feel like that's less of a career. I think you're I insulting think so. him now. Well, I mean, if you're going to show you, no, you are. You're insulting Floyd. I think vegetables. that's what's happening. You're insulting Floyd's dumb idea. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sure. Willow climbs out of the water and sits next to Olivia, and is continuing to wipe the water out of her eyes, and watches a, a hook float through the water, <laughs> and says. Architecture. Ooh, hook. Did none of you know what architecture is? Why did you all go quiet? <laughs> uh, How Liv, stupid are you guys? Liv yanks her I'm foot out of the water at the know. moment I, she sees uh, the hook. It's like in yeah, like couches and stuff, right? Like no, 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 no couches. No, it's no, got no a, couches. it's it's got the word arc in it. It's got to do with probably boats, circles. It has to do. She with wants to be the building. She makes the blueprints for a building. <clears throat> And I bet you, you're going to make a stupid thing that no builder can actually make, Willow. Okay, whatever. And then, like, Jess washes her hands off the mud, and she's like, well, I'm taking over the hardware store. Did Dad say that James was taking it? Yeah, but he's a deadbeat, so it's mine. That's yeah. a very determined stance. As you're there. sitting there, <laughs> covered in mud, M- mud, in the stream. Yeah. Like, yeah, sure. <laughs> All right, uh, and Jacks like scratches his nose and looks at Tal- uh, Tuck off in the distance. What? <laughs> what are you going to do, Tuck? Um, he's looking at Trace like, I don't know. I think I might set it on fire. <laughs> <laughs> set your future on fire? That's not a career. My career path is is foolproof, or should I say, a full it's good. Um, look, I'm going to find Bruce Springsteen. I'm going to tell him uh, he's a chump, and I'm going to give him my my cassette. Moving on. Jess leans over to OK. Don't worry, I'll give him a job at the hardware store. Oh, good, thank you. I was a bit concerned about him. Out of all of us, Does he's anyone know where my lighter is? I'm going to be a businessman. Jack pushes it deeper into his pocket. <laughs> <laughs> I could have sworn I had it. <laughs> um, Buddy, uh, what do you want to do? Okay, we'll skip over me. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> you said businessman. That's fine. With a business Buddy. plan. Uh, oh, you were listening. <laughs> I thought that's fine. Yeah, sure. Definitely. I'm definitely not a cop. Good old Nice. What do you What do you mean? Isn't it kind of obvious? You look like a homeless man. House what are you insurance. Gonna do to <laughs> <laughs> the dolls. A little hard. Look no. at him. Did you he make money off that? shoes? Yeah, but he has dreams, uh, and that's gonna I get him somewhere. I do have dreams. I will cook. I will, that that will that, that. I mean, I'm already living it. You know, I'm gonna make food. I'm gonna. As he's looking at like the pile of <laughs> that was tipped out of the bucket. <laughs> I'm living my dream right now. Yeah. Oh, there's a mouse. Oh no. <laughs> um. 
I don't know where I'll cook or, or when, but I'll, you know, I'll do it. And maybe I'll join the, the, uh, the, the, the servicing catering club here in the town. That's a good dream. I'm, I'm glad that you get to have them. Yeah, my plan is my parents' plan for my life. I don't get to have dreams. What's that plan? Boring. Become ah, a lawyer ah, or a doctor. Oh, ah, well, yeah, that would be great. A's are for doctors, Wait, for lawyers. A, is a lawyer... C's are for... Can. Garbage can. Is, okay. is, lawyer, is lawyer what Tully does? Tully doesn't do what? anything other than play soccer. I am gonna... No, you know when he talks and stuff and, oh. like... You mean bullshit? Yeah, yeah, that's the yeah. one. No, I think that's it. You can learn from me. You and can then, get a law degree in no time. Look, <laughs> I, Tully, I know you're taller than I am, but I don't want to look up to you. Thank you. Okay, that's so funny. Yeah, Chuck. making fun of the fact that I'm taller than you. <laughs> Short person. He's looking, yeah, he's, he's, but he's back. sitting down, so he's looking up at you. <laughs> Buddy, who was also the tallest of the group, is like standing next to you. <laughs> yeah. Chuck leaves the pile of sticks since he can't find his lighter. <laughs> Walks up to you and is like, all right, so in summary, he's like, uh, thumb pointed to himself, uh, rock star. Uh, burger flipper. Burger, yeah, burger flipper. <laughs> <laughs> um, small town business that's going to go out of business. Oof. Uh, I don't know what uh, professional bullshitter. Bullshit. Oh no! I was gonna say like I don't know financial security. <laughs> uh, one bedroom flat depression. Pointing at Tully. <laughs> Doctor, also depression. <laughs> Jack, like, she's, like I'm gonna write sci-fi books. Depression. <laughs> points at um, points at Willow. Houses? <laughs> yes, that is what architecture is. Nerd. Voice of Void. Music nerd. <laughs> Music nerd. What? <laughs> He's like scratching his head and he pulls up the, the line again and it's missing another hook. It's like, what? <laughs> it now has two hooks on it. It's got the hook and the other hook on top of it. He caught the hook. <laughs> we, we pull away from this scene and move further through the woods. We move up a hill along a smaller creek, further and further. Slowly... The day dies. The woods grow darker and more wild, thicker, more impassable. The night grows colder as the woods finally begin to thin. Light in the distance. Yellow, flickering light. We rush at it now, at such speed, but it's not just us rushing. Dozens of footsteps. The light is not only broken by trees now, but by other things. Bodies. People running. We break free of the woods onto the grounds of Salem's Lodge. The gazebo has gone up in flames. We run past it as a circle of people watch it burn before also turning their attention to the lodge. Dozens and dozens. We run together. Fast. Strong. Together. They begin hurling themselves at the building. The boarded up windows. They begin to climb, heading up for the roof. The weak slates are far too appealing as an easy entrance. Others, the larger and stronger, have started to tear through the defences, uh, followed soon by the younger and smaller, slipping through the cracks with unheard-of ease. But the tiniest of cracks 
They seem to be able to slip through as if they were made of fluid, not just solid. We follow them. They break into the game's room, overturning tables and couches, some turning around to help break open a larger path for the others, some more heading deeper into the building. We follow Run, running at full speed, crisscrossing around the other forerunners. It streaks around a corner into the reception room. Before it can do anything, it is sliced in two by a sword made of pure white. Its blood fizzles and burns away from the surface of the blade. Welcome to the ever-pleasant Mr. Bates, the master of destruction. Starring Aubrey Lydon, BJ Ingate, Caleb and Kate Jones, Megan Grayling and Micah Riley. Written and created by Chester Lydon. Welcome to the final episodes. We find our group. Olivia, you've just been pulled up by Norman and handed the hunter's blade. He now pulls you forward alongside him as the forerunners begin sieging the house. This is a bit of a shock to you because time and time again, as soon as people like Weaver arrive, the professionals always seem to push you guys back, protecting you guys. And then here's Weaver in a very dangerous situation, bringing you forwards. And you're like, now this is really dangerous, but also... Is this someone, like, taking me seriously? <laughs> is this um, what respect feels like? <laughs> <laughs> um, what that? Okay, so Norman turns to the rest of the group. He is wearing his suit pants and belt from before, stained with his own blood, and a white button-up shirt, also stained with his own blood, and rolled up to the sleeves. He is holding the sword from the knight he confronted Bates, a sword very similar to the knife he gave Olivia. It is also marked with a series of runes. His breathing mask has been disconnected from all its power sources, yet it seems to be running. You see trails of white smoke running into it, almost made of the same stuff as Vesper, powering it, keeping it and him going. When he speaks, you see Vesper almost step into him, so they are overlapping and they speak as one. So, I hear you're a lot of fighters. Show me. If you want to save your town, be prepared to kill it. You see him, uh, you see under his arm, he has his suit jacket. It contains something. He drops it onto the floor and chucks away the jacket, revealing the guns from upstairs, a baseball bat you remember hanging above the door to the games room, a bunch of knives from the kitchen, two hammers, and what appears to be a very quickly made nail bomb. (laughs) Olivia, she's like, you got the guns? Um, as he does this, Ben Mears jumps the last uh, few steps and lands next to Olivia. He sees Weaver and the giant hole in the front of the lodge and immediately starts extending his hand and fingers towards Weaver to try and contain him. No, 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 Ben, Ben, Ben! 
you also see Emily and Warwick come bursting through a door on the uh, eastern side of the lodge and coming at a sprint uh, and coming at a sprint sorry from the west wing. They too are trying to work out the situation, but Emily is entirely focused on Weaver, drawing her sword. From the East Wing, Orlando and Gideon are also sprinting up. Orlando looking absolutely shocked by the utter destruction <laughs> that has befallen his lodge. And uh, even more shocked that Weaver is still alive without the power to run his mask. You also hear the sound of footsteps from above as Pevensey is coming down the stairs also. What are you going to do? As Weaver is like throwing out, she's like, no, 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 Weaver, 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 he's on our side! Alright, uh, I guess you got a roll to convince or stop Ben in some way. Alright, so I rolled a four, which I'm going to say, which is like a d12. So I'm going to say that that is Not basically good. like she yells out and Ben just doesn't listen to her at all. He doesn't even hear her over the commotion that's happening. Yeah. But she's bodily flung herself like in front. Okay. Uh, I got a 15. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> 11 plus four. So who are you talking to? Um, so Emily's just drawn her sword, right? So with my uh, 15, I'm going to turn towards Emily. I'm like, oh, stop. Okay, listen. Stop. You got to do it quick. Stop. Things are going down. Yeah. You got to say it quick. He's not the problem. The entire town is coming after us. Can we deal with him later, please? He's not going to hurt us. So to a 15, what was Emily's response? Like, uh... He's like standing in front of Weaver now. So you and Jess are both standing in front of him. Yeah! I know he killed Jack, okay? He's a bad man, but it's okay. <laughs> Emily is just going to, like, literally as she's moving past you, she's kind of going to narrow her eyes. As she moves past you, she kind of ducks under your arm and grabs the back of your knee and just flicks you onto your back <laughs> as she just moves straight past you and she is going to ignore Weaver. Okay. But you can see there's more like a you don't get to tell me what to do <laughs> type of thing. Yeah, okay. Okay, so yeah, he sees you jumping in front. Uh, he extends out the, the webs. You get like a few of them connect and it's like it's this weird thing where they touch. It's almost like you feel it go numb. There, where it touches, Ooh. like um, a dentist type of thing, like that <gasps> mouth feel, like that numb that past, and it's going past you towards Weaver, and Weaver scoops his hand around, collects all of them, grabs them, and pulls them so that Ben Mears like goes slightly off his step and falls onto the ground, and he just sink, cuts them. Cool. Okay. And Ben Mears has never looked so angry in his entire life. <laughs> um, so what guns did did Can you talk into your microphone, please? Oh, sorry. I moved back because I didn't want to. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, um, what guns did... did uh, we ben... have a sawn-off shotgun. We have the revolver what Jess has taken. And yeah. then there's a rifle. Like a little hunter rifle. Tuck which has is hammers. Um, buddy, buddy will grab... The, oh, the sawn-off shotgun. Thing. And actually, he, he'll, go, he'll grab both because he thinks, okay, in case someone else needs it. Uh, and then uh, he's going to, seeing that uh, Tully's got Emily, uh, OK's kind of got Weaver. I don't know. Oh, yeah, actually, I was, I was going to go over to Orlando. No, but no one's got Warwick yet. So Buddy's going to go over to Warwick and be like, hey, man. Um, hey, hey. And just, he has nothing to, like, defend himself verbally so he's just trying to like do the like mime <laughs> get in his way thing <laughs> and he's like it's, it's, it's all good trying to mirror Warwick Warwick like skids to a stop he's, he's like got his his gauntleted fist things on Warwick is doing 
that uh, that cartoon thing of he's like flexing his muscles in a way that makes it look like he's inflating. Like he's just like <laughs> yes. getting bigger as his like shoulders are rising and his uh, his moustache is like bristling. Is this like Studio Ghibli style? Yeah, like, it's just like there's an updraft of air that's like blowing everything up. It's like what we, he looks it's like. It's like, like that like, scene in Full Metal Alchemist. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> With the, 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 the two men and the butchers. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, all right. So I guess you two roll. Uh, I'm, I'm not rolling. Like Buddy has like this is like a, a, a one for. He's not trying to. Oh wait, no. Be rolling. Rolling to just away. to stand yeah. your ground, basically. Yeah. Seven plus three, so that's ten. Uh, I don't think I actually have a, a sheet for. I keep forgetting to roll four. I was like, yep. So Buddy is standing his ground. He's not moving. <laughs> hey, 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 what, what, hey, what, hey, hey, hey. So it's all good. Yeah, like he, with the guns as and well. And then he overhears Tully <laughs> say, "Don't kill Weaver." He's like, yeah, he's got both the guns in like one hand, so yep. he's kind of like not even holding them right, like by barrels on both. And he's like, "Hey, hey I'm hey, trying hey. to get through. Move." It's all good. I think. I think. I'm. And like, no, kind of, he's kind of looking, but, like, but he's looking to everyone else. Like, hey guys, is it? he can see the army of people yeah, he's like, like, over your shoulder, and a hell on earth trying to get through the front door. He's like, no, no, it's not. Move. Okay, why you- am I so polite? <laughs> All right, so you hear the loud clattering and tearing sounds as things are beginning to come through the roof. That's not good. And they're making their way into the third story, which is where where Orlando lives, and you hear the smashing of windows all across the lodge as your defences are being whittled down and through the main door you see that while you're all feeling rather safe within the walls of your palace you didn't see them pulling the front three cars out of the way by hand and pushing the truck into place so it was completely silent until they could start it up and ram it into the place because if the truck because of the way that the the field works they just need to move something into that space before they reach it to break it so if they're sitting in the back and front of a car while it's going in, they will break the seal before they reach it and get pushed back. Right. Yep. Uh, yep. So now emerging from the forest are a lot of them and they are crossing the car park towards you and a handful are already getting into the entrance area. Uh, Pevensey has now reached the bottom of the stairs and is looking around. Um, Orlando is ex- is trying to examine Weaver's like face mask. To, like, how's this working? <laughs> Interesting reaction. Um, and Frank Hill is coming around the corner, holding his gun like on his shoulder, <laughs> and he's going to see you guys. And hold on a second, I know you guys. You following me? But you perverts! I'm an old man, leave me alone. <laughs> Alright. Tully, like, just with his finger, like, points, like, turn round. <laughs> it's in his blind spot. <laughs> <laughs> okay, roll for initiative. Hey. That's the D12, right? Yep. Yeah. Oh, D12? Not 12. Ah, uh, two, two. I got a two. There is a brief moment of preparation within the entrance hall of Salem's Lodge. Emily swings her sword back and forth. Warwick smashes his gauntlets together, giving off a cascade of sparks. Frank Hill chucks a gun to Orlando, who quickly loads it. The Harlow brothers arrive and take stock of the situation. Weaver struts up towards the front and watches these creatures beginning their assault. Ben and Gideon prepare themselves. 
Ben doing hand signs to communicate a strategy to Gideon, who nods. Pevensey watches Warwick and Emily with concern as he hears noises coming from above. Tuck Marsh hefts up his two workshop hammers. He chucks one down, making it bounce back up before catching it and grinning. Tully fully loads Willow's pistol and takes aim down the ruined corridor, the same time as Jess. Buddy and Olivia stand towards the back. The large neon sign of Salem's Lodge rotates around, casting the whole area in a red glow, and we see our cast, the last remnants of resistance in enemy territory. We see them together. We see them ready for the fight of their lives, as hell descends upon them. It's the first wave. Okay, you guys see ten coming through the front door, seven from the steps above you, and ten from the games room. Are we Twenty-seven in total. Whoa. Woo! Ooh. Molotov cocktails are now starting to fly through broken holes oh. in the uh, hotel. You are smelling smoke from above. The kitchens are starting to ignite as well. The other Harlow brothers are emerging from the kitchen like, that is, um, it's burning. <laughs> in unison. <laughs> um, I'm just going to have the Harlow brothers be a single unit. Permission to just invent something to make uh, Warwick stronger. <laughs> Maybe. Right. Depends what it is. Uh, like a cigar that basically acts as like a steroid thing. <laughs> I will say adrenaline, because that's what Heath does. Yeah. Which gives him uh, extra power. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. There are a lot of them coming. You are slowly going to lose kind of the general space that you can fight in. You guys have your maps. So basically, you currently have all of the first floor to fight in. The third floor is burning. The second floor is kind of not great. You can go out, but to go out will be to fight the first ten who are arriving and all that type of stuff. So we will start. So uh, top of the round is Warwick with 15. Is going to cost you one of your ability, one of your actions to get around Buddy. Mm. Uh, He's going to grab Buddy by, like, just the shirt front and just pull him bodily behind. Okay. He's going to fling you over his shoulder. Going to get, like, get real low in the stance and he's just going to crash forwards into whatever is the biggest thing coming for him. Okay, so you're going to head around the car into that front entranceway to just crash into what's going on there. So do you have, is it an area of effect attack? Is it just rolling to hit as many as possible? Um, Well, I got an at 12. Can I just rip the bottom? Well, okay, so the truck came through. I'm moving around. Can I just rip the bonnet off of the truck? Okay, here's what I'm going to say you're going to do. Okay, push. So it's a truck. Uh, You start running around it, and you see this big crowd of them coming. You pivot slightly, still moving forward because of all that, like, your movement. You reach back, and you grab the tailgate and tear it off as you're going because it fell down and it's, like, hanging off a little bit with the, the go of it. You grab that, tear it off, and just swing it. Yeah. I'm going to say you crash into three of them. Wide area attack. What my, what's my damage dice? For I'm going to say for that, uh, a d10 plus two. Ooh. That's, that's better than my gun. <laughs> nice. That's three points of damage. Zero. Oh, that means ten. Twelve. Yeah. Okay. And uh, nine. 
Okay, so one of them is protected by the uh, viscera and gore of the other two uh, that uh, dampen the impact <laughs> as they are no. splattered and oh. their rib cages explode and their heads, one of their heads is decapitated by a sharp edge of the metal and their mushed up bodies protect the third one <laughs> as it collides and it stays in the wall. You go... Mm. It stays in the wall, and there's one that's like crouched underneath it as just blood and stuff is starting to run down, and it's like. Oh. <laughs> War is. This is worse than Glasgow! Okay, uh, and you have another attack? Uh, yeah, I do. Actually. I would reckon. Oh no, I used up my second. Oh, I thought you had up. three. I think I only have two. No, I think it's three, yeah. I think yeah. it's I think three because you're in your prime. I need. A th- I got a one. No, hold on, that's the wrong dice. Uh, it's a three. It's not much better. <laughs> what does it take to hit him? Uh, so I think better than that. Okay, so <laughs> I will say with a three, with that you can use that ability to tear it back out, but you don't need yeah. it. I mean, you do enough. I just leave it. Okay, you leave it there. Uh, the other little guy is like, <laughs> <"I'm> alive, <laughs> Jerry, Simon. Just you know, Warwick is just like bringing us a, a, a like a leg up. She's basically just going to kick it. (laughs) Okay, cool. Is Emily's go? Just gently. So that is minus two. All right. With first, she's going to swing out uh, too high as these things are trying to like move in fast. They're going low. Yep. Two in a row. Different dice. Chester took one. Uh, And I think that's a twelve. Yes. 12 um, for her third attack. Okay, an attack. Um, That is... Are we doing more or less the same rules? Yeah. That's 12. 12 damage? Yeah. Okay, so uh, these things are coming quicker than Emily was expected. She has drawn her sword and she uh, cuts up one of them. They they go down. They go down quick. They're moving faster than she was expecting. A lot of these people are older. Mercy's Creek has an aging population and they are moving way too quick. They are skittling. They're darting to side to side. She misses. She misses again. And then she sees one, like, jump for her full body and there's a sink as she cuts it in half and the two pieces one lands on the ground the other goes above her and lands as she has bisected it and and like it's jump misses her because of that and she brings it around and she wipe, like crooks her arm and she wipes the blood off with her like between her what's that part like what was that called your oh, elbow pit between, yeah, her, elbow. between her elbow and like her shirt she wipes the blood off and swings it and keeps going very samurai style yeah. Um, okay, it is Jess with 12. Nice. All right, um, so she's going to see... Okay, is there... Because they're coming up... They're coming from the steps behind yeah. Olivia, Ben, and Weaver, and cool. Pevensey. All right, I'm going to go for up the stairs then on the right wing. Okay. So Jess is just going to take a moment, breathe, and then go through like everything her brother's taught her, like... Right, unlock your elbows, keep your eyes open, take a breath, and fail. Too many twos today. That was a two. Okay, you are breathing, you're breathing, and then you're hearing a smash from behind you as these things are coming through. You're breathing in smoke as the games room is going up in flames, which is just to your right. Uh, And you shoot, and one of these things literally dodges it. 
Yeah, I mean, she is holding the like hand cannon revolver. Yeah, so you so shoot it's and it a goes too much uh, power for Jess. And you feel your your like your shoulders click as you go up. And you're like, oh, that hurt. <laughs> the one thing I was told to never do: lock arms. <laughs> um, okay, so it is. Uh, I'm going. It is now enemy's turn. So oh, I'm just going to roll a bunch. <laughs> the one that you just shot, like dive to the side, jump and slashes at you, and slashes from the shoulder down your arm nice. and does three damage to you. Oh, that's not too bad. I'm okay. That's good. Yeah. Wait, so we <laughs> had an AC <laughs> base of five? Hmm? We have an AC base of five? Yes. Oh, 12. Okay. I'm fine. Okay, uh, and then another one tries to dive at you as well, but because of the slash, you were stepping to the side anyway, and it misses you and continues into the reception room. Uh, okay, and then in the main entrance area, one uh, that has seen its friends be eviscerated tries to uh, attack Warwick, gets a two, and it slips in some of the uh, brain matter. You can say it. Okay, and then... Uh, <laughs> Tully, you're on the ground and you say in the reception area, you got tripped up. Um, yeah, so I went to stop Emily and then she tripped me over. Okay, one is, one of the ones that dived past Emily that she missed is going to go for you. Does a five hit? Uh, no. No, okay. All right, it, is, it brings down its hand. You're noticing these, it's not like superhuman, but there are these thick, long nails. It's just about like that type of length. Just a little bit longer, like pretty gnarly. They've just, they've grown out. It's pretty gnarly and it is scratching them along the ground towards your face and you like do a push-up and let your arms leave the ground as its hand sweeps underneath you and you crash back down to the ground like, oh, I can't do a push-up at the best of times. (laughs) He's used all of his strength in that. Okay. All right, is, uh, missed you. All right, it is now Tuck has a hammer in each hand. Tuck is just going to hit the closest moving thing. Okay, where are you, Tuck? Um, You're in the reception room as well? Yep. Okay, I'm going to say you're near the couches area. So the one that then passed Emily uh, that attacked Tuck, you can either target the one that attacked Tuck or the one that also passed... Sorry, the one that passed that tried to attack Tully or you can attack the one that ran past Emily and is kind of heading towards the rest of the group. I'll take the one that's attacking Tully. All right, give it a swing. Uh, two, three. Yep, miss, miss. Thank right, you. Swing, swing. It like jumps back with each one and like, <laughs> <laughs> like sasses you a little bit. Um, okay, it is Olivia's go. Uh, she's going to go for what would be the closest to one- the stairs. So there are ones coming down from the stairs. There are seven coming down from the stairs. There are two that are kind of on Jess. Uh, there is one coming towards you from uh, missing. The, there's one attacking Tully. There's one that's coming past Tully towards you guys as well. So there's three. There's two with Jess. One coming towards you guys, and there's more coming down the stairs. I think if Jess is close enough, Liv is going to try and run towards Jess and basically like slice them in the back. Yep. Okay. Uh, that's an eight plus two, so that's a ten to hit. Yep. Okay, and then D12 of damage, please, please. Is a nine. Okay, uh, it is. So this is the one that scratched Jess. It is, uh, it is scratched you, and while the other one is kind of pushing you back, it brings its hands up and licks the blood off of its fingers, and then flicks the remainder of it off as going towards, and then sing, 
as the blade goes through its back and the little point comes through the chest. Very Star Wars. And then starts to go down a little bit as Olivia's trying to then pull it back out and it's starting to dig down and it's screeching and screaming <laughs> and, and, and she and like Olivia's trying to and she's like grabbing it by the shoulder to try and rip it back out. I'm also imagining that this is like a good like two or three heads taller than Olivia. Yeah, Olivia yeah, so you've, it's, and now you're trying to like pull it out and you wrench it out and it falls forwards onto its face and you hear a crunch as its nose breaks. Did we mention we might need a content warning for this episode? I did in the beginning. Yeah, yeah just just checking, you know, just in case. I don't want anyone to accidentally think that <laughs> this is a kids show. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm okay. like loving and hating this. All of the goosebumps, and I'm like, yes, give me more. But also, like, my whole body's like, no, no, no more. <laughs> All right, so you've killed that one. Uh, it is now Ben's go. Hey, go. <laughs> okay. So uh, you've just seen Olivia. Bye, Meg. <laughs> Bye, oh. Meg. All right, see ya. See ya. Very well. Um, okay, so you've just seen uh, Olivia kill one. There's still one on Jess. There's one coming uh, up your from the right from uh, the main kind of entrance area, and there's still more coming down the steps. Right. Um, so I'm in reception, right? No, so you're no, over no. here because yep. you were going for Weaver. You're over right. near the steps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay, um, is there anything around me that's large that I can grab and fling into the ones coming down the stairs. Um, so you can take a step into kind of the reception area and pull the couch through. Nice. And ram that in. You could also uh, just casually uh, tear the walls. You, know? you <laughs> nice. could You could collapse the steps. Right. Uh, you are that powerful. The <laughs> there are other steps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pull the fair, steps fair. to another dimension. Yeah, right? that's fair. Well, I was... In the hospital, you put like a whole entire level down to the floor. Yes. I was I was contemplating running to the reception and using the truck. Yeah, you can use the truck. Is there like a is there like a whole horde coming through? There are ten coming through the front. Warwick has killed two. Yeah. Emily is fighting. Uh, has killed one. There are two others in that room. There is so yeah. There's yeah. a handful coming down, but there are because of what Warwick's done. There are now more coming down the stairs. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, so then uh, he's gonna sort of reach out in the direction of the couches and pull that and walls and whatever he can grab and fling him into the staircase to try and knock it. Okay, Ben Mears pulls back his uh, left hand and extends out the webs. They reach around the the side and they grab onto the couch and he begins swinging that and it crashes through one of the walls going for the, the stairs as he brings out the other hand to the roof above the stairs and pulls them at the same time. These things get hit by the couches as the wall above them is torn down. And I'm going to say you are going to kill three of them with that. Aces. It's Frank Hill's go. Hey, Frank Hill's go. That's me. All right. Um, so Frank Hill is, he's, he came downstairs, didn't he? Oh, no, he came out of he the He came out of the games room. Right, yeah, 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 okay. Um, okay, well, he's... I think he was having a moment looking at all the guys. Um, but uh, so he's just got his shotgun. Shotgun. Yep. Um, he's gonna go for the closest thing that's running to anyone. Would it okay. be from behind him? Because there are ones coming from the games room. So let me. Is the game's on fire? Yes. Yes. The front door. Yep, yeah, so the, there are ten coming up behind you. Oh, okay, cool. Um, <laughs> so yeah, you turn around. Aha! <laughs> Bang! Yes, he's gonna go. Okay, I'm gonna say him. you're going to have advantage to hit. Nice. Because these are, I'm imagining this is like spray. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, he's yeah. gonna hit something. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Ooh. One. Nice. And 
Five. Five hits. Okay, cool. I'm going to say roll a d4 of how many you're going to hit. Okay, yeah, sure. Four. Oh, okay, yes. you hit all four and roll your normal shotgun damage. Which is 12. One. BJ. BJ. Oh, BJ, make Let it. me consult the deep lore. <laughs> <laughs> the ancient texts say. So many pages. Where's the shotgun? We could probably take Solar Scar out. Make a can. You also have a shotgun. We might come back to that. We have Solar Scar. 2d6 plus 4. 2d6 plus 4. Roll a d12 plus. Four. Yeah. <laughs> uh, four plus four is eight. So eight. He spins around, shoots, and goes, "Leave my butt alone, you weirdos!" <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. You turn around, shoot. This sprays out, and there's four running at the start, and um, there are arms. There are legs, there are chunks, and they're dead. <laughs> uh, that was so poetic. Chester grossing himself out. Yeah, Close I was like, I was like, how? Each how deep? Stephen King. Seeing an appendix just on the floor. There are bits, um, and they are dead. And I'm got you're going to roll intimidation on the other six coming up. So roll d12 of yes, intimidation. I Can I just say? Warwick absolutely obliterates two. No intimidation. Frank no. kill. <laughs> he's a scary uh, the man. The third one didn't... Um, I think Frank should definitely get a plus two intimidation because he's a weird man. Okay. <laughs> I see, like... His eye alone. Seven. Okay, roll again. Just roll do, again. Yeah. should get, like, a plus two at least. Seven. Okay, seven. And he brings out the gun and... <laughs> and they're like... Holy shit. Even in their, like... Mr. Bates, like, mangled brains. They're like, oh, I know Frank Hill. That guy's a psychopath. <laughs> yeah, Frank, touch me. I do. Okay, they're going to have to roll a disadvantage to hit you. Because there's a bit too much fear. Yes. Um, all right, so Gideon sees what's going on. And he is going to uh, dip past Orlando to try and attack the one fighting Jess. Aww. Uh he misses. <laughs> he swings, oh, no. and this thing like dives around Jess, so he's going to connect with Jess. And so he just puts out his hand and, like, with the punch, pushes Jess, and he falls onto the ground. He rolled a nat one, so he misses. He doesn't hit Jess, but falls onto the ground, and he is now prone. Is he and basically is- half on top of Jess as well? No, so you're fine. Okay, you're he fine. just pushed you out of the way, but this thing's going to get an attack of opportunity on him. Nice. <laughs> Uh, it also got a nat one. It falls <laughs> yeah. over on top of him. <laughs> okay. It's getting up and looking down at Gideon. Its jaw starts to click, click, click as it dislocates it and starts to open it wider and wider and wider as going down to bite at uh, Gideon's throat when its head a chunk of its head is blown off by Derek standing in the doorway to the, the kitchen. And then there's a bang, 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 as all the other Barlows miss it. <laughs> and Derek looks at you, Jess, then looks at his brothers and like, guys, this is our thing. <laughs> and they're like, this is intense, man. And he's like, <laughs> and he like punches the wall a little bit and he's like he's like he saw you miss Jess and it's just like 
<laughs> Our family honor is at stake, guys. <laughs> it doesn't matter that we're about to die. Uh, okay, Bud Buddy Humphrey. Bud Buddy Humphreys, yay. Um, Sorry, doing the, the Derek mm. growl hurts my voice. Okay, so there are ser- uh, multiple coming in through the front door. There are two coming down the stairs behind you. Oh, behind me. Okay, yeah. cool. That's easy. Um, cool, then uh, I'll turn around. And he still has two guns in his hands, I'm yeah. sure. <laughs> uh, are the guns loaded? Roll. Roll. <laughs> Eight. Yes. Awesome. Cool. Uh, then he's going to... Can you one-hand a sawn off sh- shotgun? Oh, uh, if you want to dislocate your arm, your yeah, shoulder, right. you might break your wrist. Speaking from personal Would buddy know the fact that know. you can't use two? Do it. True. Just do it. Just do, Just do it. it. Commit. All right. Because Buddy's got like a gun in each hand. He's like, oh, I, sh- I should have thought about this before I... Yeah. Um, I just sort of pointed and pulled the trigger, right? Weapons. So uh, he, from experience, uh, he knows the, the shotgun has more of a wider spray. So since he sees two, he points the shotgun. Mm-hmm. And goes to shoot the two coming after him. Okay. I feel like that's pretty much a guaranteed. Do I get a plus to that? Do I have combat plus? A combat plus. Combat plus is thirteen. Okay, thirteen. And now roll for dislocating of shoulder. I think that's like pretty much a guarantee. That's physical. Four plus three, so that's seven. Um, Okay, so I'm going to say it is going to go off and jar your shoulder real bad. I'm not going to make you take damage, but it is going to blow up and you are going to lose it. It is going to go out of your hand. You're going to lose the gun. Uh, There's your... There's the counter for not taking damage. Yeah. Um, okay, so Who's 13. Okay, roll the uh, shotgun damage. Uh, that's two. Six. Tally Six. finally stands up. Six, three plus, what is it? Nine. They are coming down the stairs. There is one leading that's slightly in front. You point, you shoot. Uh, it is turned into mincemeat, basically. Nice. And the, like, it... Stuff goes through, like the, the rounds go through it and hit the other one and also kill it. And there is a smash as just blood is sprayed against that back wall and across the the, gra- the um the carpet. And you're like, you take a second and look at that goddamn carpet again. <laughs> and you're like, oh, it's, it's not worse though. Quietly to myself, buddy, just it's an improvement. <laughs> okay, you grab your shoulder and you have to like rattle. You keep rolling. And it's like, oh. Oh, damn. But it's just, oh, this is easy. I don't see what those hollows are talking about. I hate you. Oh, my arm. <laughs> this arm is in searing yeah. pain. Okay, Orlando. Orlando. Uh, okay, so where's Orlando? Orlando <laughs> is with the other group on the right-hand side. Okay, and he's got his gun. Yes. Uh, and what enemies are near him? There is one running up just towards you. And there are the ones behind Frank Hill. So Frank killed four? Yes. Four, and so there are six coming up from the games room. Okay, so... Which is now emitting lots of smoke. Uh, I think Orlando's going to prioritize the fact that his hotel is burning okay. down. Is he um, going to be grateful for all the water and all the bathtubs everywhere? A little. Um, I think he's going to go to Call assist. Call the fire department. He's, he's going to run over to Frank Hill to assist, okay. not realizing Frank Hill is scared them already. Um, okay. And then uh, I guess, yeah, he's just going to also try to shoot. So uh, that's a six. Does Orlando have any advantage or... Doesn't matter, it hits. I say shoot, cool. you're shooting the ones that are attacking, that are coming up through the games room. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, he's going to heroically stand beside Frank Hill. What type of gun is it? Hmm? What type of gun is it? 
Uh, this is a shotgun as well. Yeah. I think it's just a shotgun as okay. well. It's like a shotgun with like a long distance laser sight. Yeah. Literally useless for a shotgun. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to say so yours good. isn't a spray one though. I don't think we said it wasn't spray because it did um, a target hit on. What on, if um, I think just instead of a shotgun, what if he just has a rifle then? Oh yeah. I think we did say it was a rifle because yeah. it hit a specific part of uh, Mendoza. It could be, it could right, be um, yes. a, a slug, which is just. Let's like just say you have a shotgun with a slug, yeah, so okay. you're going to hit this single one. Um, so the one on the far right that's running up that's just got freaked out by uh, <laughs> Frankie Hill. Um, all right, so roll damage. Uh, what's the damage on the two d sixes? Two d six. A slug will pretty much go that's through. That's eight if you hit plus it. four. Yeah, you so yeah, uh, it's running up. It's like huh. Oh, oh, that's scary. Bam, its head's gone. <laughs> its head's just gone. <laughs> and its buddy's like... These are all the townsfolk as well, <laughs> these right? Are ta- these are people you know. Who was that? Orlando's still like, ah, oh, you're also a prick. <laughs> um, I'm going, but because you turned around and ran back here, the one that was running into the room was going to get a, a attack of opportunity on you. So while you are shooting at these things, uh, does a nine hit? A nine for a lander? Mm-hmm. I don't know what his armor Same as, Just go with same as... Buddy. Ah, uh, the one-off. Yeah, it hits. Okay. Well, uh, all right, so you are, you've just shot this thing, and then you hear, you feel... Tsing, as you get ten fingernails, long, deep fingernails, in your back, and they start to tear up. These things are like half an inch deep. Fresh they are tearing fire. up. <laughs> 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 Yeah, so that's no. Oh yeah, <laughs> and then die. okay, uh, that's seven damage. Okay, as it tears all the way up your back. So we'll say Orlando also has the usual fifteen. Yeah, usual fifteen. All right, so that's down to eight. I'm just going to write that there. There we go. Okay, uh, it is now the rest of the enemies go. Um, okay, so ten hit Orlando. Ten. Uh, well, he has uh, AC of eight. Uh, Orlando, you have felt this and then you're kind of turning back to this other one as one of them that was running up jumps and rams both of its knees into your chest and crushes you onto the ground and you feel your ribs as you take seven damage. (gasps) We are at one, boy. (laughs) You You feel your ribs just shatter in mm. as this thing is, in, is on top of you. Alright, uh, Frank Hill, does an 11 hit? Right. Okay. Um, Frank, you have uh, scared these things off. You're shouting at them. You see Orlando go down. You're turning to him to like reload the gun again, <laughs> again for some reason and aim it towards the thing and they go for you. They step in. They go quick and you're turning back as one goes sing across your throat the other sing across your stomach and the last one stabs its hand into your stomach and tears out your liver 16 damage oh I assume he's dead <laughs> is there a last he just got ditch delivered I'm really going to give you I'm going to give you a last ditch effort nice. to shoot this gun let's do it he's out of the time. out of the love for Frank I will give you one last roll okay as you're as you're like oh falling down (laughs) he's like you pervert (laughs) okay it's my liver Uh, 9 to hit yep that's your thing d12 for damage was it yeah plus 4 plus 4 7 damage okay Frank 
you see this thing, you are falling over as he's le- like reaching up and takes a bite out of your liver and tears a chunk. You fall. Eat this. And the round goes off and you kill the two that just attacked you. <laughs> you just eviscerate them back as you fall to the ground and you are dead. That is Frank Hill no. out of the picture. Good job, Frank. Okay, uh, and then for Warwick, one, the one that was under the little thing tries to swipe at you. It got one, so it misses. Ah. Um, okay. Oh, and, still. Okay, so still trying to aim his foot. More are now coming in. They are darting in. They're darting around. There, there's the sound of more scrabbling from above. There is more coming in from the games room. This place is being overrun completely. Uh, does an eight or a nine hit? No. Okay, so two others are coming through the door now and are swiping at you. They're both missing. One jumps onto the roof, like like a uh, it's literally defying gravity. It is like crouched on the roof and dives for you. You step to the side and it lands in the the back of the um, the truck and is like getting around for another go. Uh, does a ten hit Emily? Yes. Okay, so Emily is has just cleaned the blade the, the blood off the blade and this thing jumps off the truck onto her and grabs onto her and bites down on her shoulder. It bites in and tears out it doesn't tear any flesh out, but it like rips a little bit as it bites out and headbutts her. And she takes a step back and the weight of it and she comes clattering to the to the ground. It's not prone, but the both of you are on the ground, and if another joins you will be prone. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, so that's them. Uh, okay, Weaver. All right, Weaver has, is now finally into gear. He brings out his his uh, kind of runs his hand across the blade of his sword, and the symbols ignite, and it fizzles for a second, and goes white, goes ice cold. And he brings the blade around and steps forward. He just steps past Emily and just swings the blade and hits this thing and slices its head off. And he keeps going. Uh, The one that just swiped at Warwick, sink, cuts it in half. And then uh, Vesper steps forward as well and it kills the one with just a... It just is stepping past and sink, like... Uh, plunges the sword in and pulls it out going through the tailgate of the car to kill the one underneath that stepping forward and again swipes and kills one of the other ones coming through there there is a smoothness and an efficiency and a cleanness that is just you have never seen before and there is a a sense of this is what Weaver does this is what Weaver his entire people were created to do which is to stop the forefathers and stop the forerunners, and he is very good at it. All right, uh, Tully, my boy, my boy. <laughs> so it has taken him this entire time to stand up. <laughs> <laughs> he just keeps slipping, like oh, oh, oh. Uh, and then I would like to. I believe I still have the gun. I can't remember if I think I'd loaded it. You did. I think I, you yeah, took it I off it Jess loaded. to load it, and then she went to take it back. But then you were like, "No." And then the and the then truck she got her own one. Yay! Um, so I'd like to climb on top of the truck because if I've got a pistol, I'm not like if I get high, that I'll be more effective. Roll. Get high. So... <laughs> oh, the time to keep... 
Oh, that's a nat 12 plus 2 physical. That's a 14. Okay, you get up, and I'm going to say with that, you don't, no one gets a chance to attack you, even though there are people uh, flooding in here. You're getting up there quick. You're scaling. There's literally a stage where one jumps onto the back, doesn't see you, and then jumps onto Emily and then gets killed. And where it gets cut, it literally, it just freezes where the cut happened. It freezes solid. Ooh, that's close. <laughs> All right, you're up there. Now, do I just get one attack with the gun? I'm going to say we have a nat 12 to get up there. And with the, I'm going to say you get one attack, but you get advantage to hit because okay. of having high ground. And I'm going to say anything's going to take, it's going to cost anything in action to get to you up there. So sure. you don't get the benefit of extra a- attacks, but you're getting the benefit of the high ground. Okay. So at this point, is, um, is there more coming through the door? So there are more coming from where the other guys are through the games room. And you have just okay. seen uh, uh, Orlando fall down and you're seeing Frank Hill getting, uh, yeah, yeah. not good. But, so, that's, but that's where everyone else is, right? That's where everyone else is. So I'm yeah. not going to shoot towards them. And you're uh, hearing the sound of Buddy coming up behind you from the other corridor as he's mm-hmm. killed the ones there. There are ones coming through the door, yes. So you okay. can take a shot there. I might just go with that because they're closest. I rolled a 12 and a 1, so I'm glad I had advantage. That's good. <laughs> so that's a, yeah, just a straight 12 to hit. You kill it. Uh, wherever it is, you shoot you. It's a gun. You're going to nice. kill it. All right. Um, Weaver is turning around to, like, make sure that Emily is alive and he's heard the sound of Frank dying, basically. So he's turn- turning around to, to hear that, to, like, see what's going on. And one is diving for him. Vesper is, like, appearing behind Weaver to, like, protect him and bring up the sword. And you click it in the head. And is a, just a, is, like, jumping. And there is a ting ting. And, like, a small look of blood. And, and falls. it falls on the ground. As the bullet passes through his skull. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he is really good shot, apparently. Apparently. Uh, <laughs> nice. Okay. You got to uh, practice on Willow. It is. That's true. Pevensy. Lots of practice. <laughs> okay. All right. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. It is Pevensy's go. Map-wise, where is Pevensy? Pevensy has come down the... Uh, he was coming down the steps, so he's with the group to the right, where everyone's clustered, basically. All right. Uh, he's got a duffel bag in his hand. He's kind Aww. of ripping open, and he's pulling out... He's doing three things, because yep. they're not combat actions. Um, he pulls out two canisters that are about the size of a drink bottle mm-hmm. they're kind of yeah oh drink, drink bottle size <laughs> sure they're about drink bottle size um and he he uh clicks and rips the the end off the first canister and hurls it towards the front door uh he does the same with the second and hurls it towards the games room that's on fire mm-hmm. Both of them hit the ground, uh, begin to hiss, and then begin to spin as they are smoke bombs with lavender uh, smoke in them. And it's like starting to drift and create these kind of walls of warding smoke. That's going to slow down any more of them getting in, but it's also going to make them much more blind as they try to get through the smoke. Um, The other thing he's doing uh, is rummaging through the bag until he finds this little uh, metal case and he flicks it open uh, to find three cigars. He's put one in his mouth, clicks the end off and lights it Mm -hmm. and um, hands it to Warwick, which Warwick... Warwick, you and Warwick are not together. You uh, put it into your mouth, you light it and you're looking to Warwick to hand him the other one. What is Warwick's AC? 10. 
you hear as you're you've just seen these things die and Weaver is walking past you now back towards Emily and back towards the others you hear boom 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 of footsteps and with a 16 a 12 and a 14 Cornelius Mendoza comes through the smoke it's a boss battle <laughs> and there is and Ward you turn around bam bam Bam! As he hits you with his one arm, uppercut, down, in the stomach, and then kicks you back. Five, six, and four damage. It's 15 total. Yep. Good thing he can't die. (laughs) It's not even half of my health. (laughs) You roll back along the ground and crash. Blood comes gushing out of your nose and you cough. And you look up at Mendoza as he reaches up. And like flexing the arm that isn't there, there's a crunch as bone begins to grow out from it. As in chunks, chunk, chunk, and bits of bone begin to grow out from it in big chards until there is an, another arm there. And he clenches it close, and Warwick, you see as bones chunk, chunk, chunk out of the knuckles. And you're like, God damn, that's gonna hurt. <laughs> That's not cricket. <laughs> okay. Uh, it is Warwick's go. So I'm going to say uh, Pevensey chucks you the little box of cigars. Yep. Now, uh, I didn't discuss this with you previously. Do you want this to give him uh, extra damage or, like, uh, more health? Whatever you would like in this scenario. Extra damage. Okay. It's basically steroids. Yep. All right, he's just going to go straight for Mendoza. What, does he put the cigar in his mouth? Yes. He didn't describe that, Aubrey. <laughs> Come on, roleplay, DM. 91. So Warwick launches back off the ground, and he... So two of the hits, yep. two hit. So he swings out too early, Mendoza <laughs> steps out of the way, and then Warwick brings a shot into, like, his stomach, and then as he bends over, brings his knee up and hits into Mendoza. Mendoza takes a step back. Leans forward, smiles, and says, Oh, you're pretty struck. This'll be good. And then he does an uppercut to you. Uh, Five damage. He hits you in the jaw, and you feel your feet leave the ground. And as you're up in the air, he hits you again in the stomach and pushes you back. And I'll roll damage again. Uh, So the first one was five. That one's eight. Eight damage. So you can collect... No, five and then eight. Oh, okay. Okay, he's looking pretty bloody now. Yeah. And he cracks his fingers and is just going to start stepping towards you. Uh, But luckily, it's Emily's go. All right, well, yeah. Uh, Since Weaver killed the one that was attacking Emily and then Tully killed the one that was attacking Weaver, Emily's also going to go for Mendoza then. Okay. Um, She's going to try and flank him and is just going to basically go over the truck and just try and take him right in the neck with the the sword. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, would be eleven. Mm-hmm. And the same again. And Emily yeah. gets two attacks. Where yep, both where, hit. Mm-hmm. Or gets through. Um, and that is. Nine damage total. Emily pushes the the body off her. She runs. She, like, war walks on the side of the truck. 
doing one, two, three steps and kicks off the side of it and stabs the sword like down into the shoulder, like down into Mendoza. And he like leans back a bit and shouts in pain as she pulls it out. And as she's falling back to the ground, she swings it and slices up his back and lands on the ground. She rolls and gets back up. Okay. Okay. Jess. Me. Um, <clears throat> so there's basically now a guy, like, in literal, like, short range of Jess. She could literally put the gun up to his head and shoot. Yes. That's what she's going to do. Okay. Uh, you don't need to roll to hit. I was like, I, I'm not going to roll to hit. You don't need to roll to hit and you don't need to roll damage. Nice. Uh, you kill him. Okay. Yay. Uh, and she's then just gonna look at Derek and smile. <laughs> little thumbs up. <laughs> little thumbs like, up. You walked up to him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, "Oh, good job, <laughs> Jess. <laughs> Real good. Yeah." Fish in a barrel. <laughs> she, she's happy. That's, that's all she's doing. <laughs> okay. Uh, nice and simple. Oh, Tuck. <laughs> Tuck is enraged. Tuck is maybe the angriest he has ever been. Mm-hmm. Having failed to hit this thing again, remember you do tuck- you do have this slingshot as well. Oh yeah, damn it! Tuck's <laughs> like failed to be useful at combat the entire show. <laughs> Tuck is gonna throw. Maybe how I feel whenever I play Alistair. <laughs> every oh, yeah. single Alistair time, I'm like, okay, I can do nothing except combat. Oh, I rolled a one. Great. <laughs> All right, Tuck uh, is going to. Drop one of the. I think he was like, ah, dual wielding was a mistake. He's silver, so he drops one. He throws the other one of the hammers that he has at just whatever seems to be a good Throw target. Throw All right, that's a. It's a ten to hit. Ten hits. And four damage. Nice guys, four damage. Um, and then so then he'll pull out the the. Um, the slingshot. Yep. Okay, so you throw the hammer. The hammer, like, hits into Mendoza's forehead and he grabs it as it's falling and he looks at you. He's like, Ah, oh, Marsh, Marsh, Marsh. We gotta be buddies. Gotta be buddies. Ah, oh, I love it. Okay. Um, <laughs> Alright, it is Olivia's go. Um. So basically everyone that was near her is now dead. So she has to go find an opponent. Yeah. Um, where would she uh, run to? Well, that? there are more coming up through the games room. There is one that's now on fire coming through the games room as well. And it's just kamikaze running into everything it can find to set it on fire. More Molotov cocktails are being thrown in. You guys are going to have uh, by now lost basically all the rooms on the first floor. You cannot go anywhere outside this area now. There is fire. There is smoke everywhere everything is going up and there are more of them coming through the fire uh, they don't seem to care about being lit on fire they are just trying to get to you guys um, so you can fight the ones in the games room uh, I would suggest uh, Mendoza and these guys have not done much <laughs> I was thinking about that <laughs> she's just like oh Mendoza's a big target <laughs> big boy yeah. big boy um, but she's gonna go up and try to like attack him from behind yep. and just slice him across the back of the knees or ankles, depending Ooh. on how she rolls. Okay. Ooh. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's so it's a six total plus. Okay, you try to go in for it, but you know you're just not close enough. You don't have the nerve to get yeah. that close to this titan that is kicking the shit out of Warwick. Yeah, <laughs> she's just like. Hey! <laughs> Okay, um, uh, Ben Mears. 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 Ben Mears.
please, Ben. Please. Okay. Is Ben's Anything. time to shine? Ben's time to shine. Okay, so just to. Ben, there is a truck. Yes, I know. Oh, I'm trying to. So is there like a swarm of people like coming? So um, there are other ones coming up. There, they are reduced. Yeah, okay. you're starting to see the the cold light of dawn, which means that they are. There are less of them being able to be out, yeah, okay. reducing all that type of stuff. And you're like, okay, werewolf, vampire rules, all that type of stuff. We're nice. getting towards a safer period. They're reducing. We need to focus on Mendoza nice. type of thing. Okay. So he's going to run into the uh, reception, which I assume is where everything's going down. Yep. He's going to throw all his fingers out towards the truck and sort of... Tully is standing on top of it. Okay, I'm going to say that Ben just puts out one finger onto, like, Tully's back and just (laughs) pulls the finger back like he's, like, telling someone to come here. And Tully, you are thrown across the room into a couch. You land on a couch. He just aims it well enough that you just land in the couch. Oh, nice. (laughs) Tully's just constantly just being prone. So I don't lose the gun? No. Um, and you, yep. You so you grab onto the cat, yes. onto the and car. I'm just gonna flick it at him. So the, f- uh, I assume it's, it would, have, yeah. So try and hit uh, Mendoza's head on and try and knock him out yep. of the building. Uh, roll a d twenty plus ten. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's twenty six damage. Okay, and roll a d twelve for me. Um, you flick Tully off, you grab the car, and you throw it. It literally is like it is being thrown out of a plane. It is just such speed. It goes and hits Mendoza. He goes barreling with the car out the front door, into the car park, into the line of cars, and hits one of the gas bottles, and it goes off. So you did 20, how much damage? 26 damage. 26 damage. I'm going to add a 10 to that. Nice. Six. I just love the idea of like Liv trying to run up to like stab him and failing because he's suddenly not there anymore. <laughs> you didn't miss. <laughs> she didn't miss. He just wasn't there. Okay. All right. So what's going to happen next is Fabian is going to check kind of behind, check everyone's okay, and he's going to head out into the car park to kind of survey and try and see. He's quick. He's like, I got this. I'm good. Uh, he heads out into the the car park to basically see is it possible for that thing to be alive what's going on he's never fought forerunners before he doesn't know these things or anything like that so he heads out he he's checking back to ben ben you are looking at him and you're starting to gesture to come back yeah. uh as you're kind of looking out the window and seeing it's not bright enough yet uh okay so he is out there he is looking back to you he's starting to head back and then a hand comes out of the flames and grabs him. And he freezes for a second. And he's, like, grabbed him by the arm. And he turns around as Mendoza begins to come out of the fire. He is... his. It's gruesome. Uh, most of his skin is melting away. He is still going. Uh, he One of his eyes has popped. Um, uh, his hair is, like... It was a toupee. It has stuck to him. It was plastic. <laughs> it has, like, stuck to him. And <laughs> uh, he is walking out. His clothes are burnt to him. And Gideon is, like, being held by the arm and being lifted up. And he puts his hand out. And he presses the nail bomb against his chest. And he kicks 
uh, Mendoza, like, in the stomach to get away as it goes off. Roll. Does he survive? The dice will tell. Okay, Mendoza takes 18 damage as this thing goes off and nails tear into him. They explode out, going into different bits of him, and he's staggering back. And some of them hit into Gideon as he's falling back, and Gideon lands on his neck. And there's a crack. And you lay still. And Ben Mears shouts and starts to tear his way out of the motel towards Mendoza as well. Orlando, you are starting to try and pry yourself up. You're using the gun almost as like a way to hold yourself up. And just maybe the amount of damage, the amount of stress or something, but you feel your hand just slipping down and down on the gun and you fall onto the ground. Orlando, you roll onto your side. Your vision is coming in and out of focus. You cough and it sends shocks of pain through your body as your mind starts to go numb. As you lay there, you realise how quiet it is. You don't hear the sound of battle, the destruction of this little world you made for yourself. It's all frozen in place. And for the first time in a long time, your mind is quiet too. It's all still. No other voices, no other personalities vying for top place, for supremacy. For the first time in a very long time, you're at ease. You are yourself. You get up, feeling no pain. You get up not trying to rejoin the fight. No, you get up because you see something. Unnoticed by you as you begin to walk out of the lodge, your Labrador walks through the wreckage, through the battle and comes to lay by your side. Now that John has died, your only remaining friend and companion. His ears go flat against his head as he lays down and rests against you, trying to keep you warm. You walk into the chaos that is the frozen-in-place car park. Pieces of wreckage, of sparks, embers hanging in the air. And you come to stand side by side with the man who drew you out here. It's been a long time since you two last saw each other, and in seeing him, it begins to dawn on you that none of this can be happening. Not really. You must be hallucinating in these last moments, but it's comforting to see him again. But fear fills you. Fear as to what he will say. You left him for dead, after all. You abandoned him and have lived with that for several decades at this point. But what will he say as you stand with Jacob in the car park? Orlando. Ah. Hey, Jacob. Hey. Hey, Jacob. Yeah, that feels about right. You ran. Yeah. Yeah, I ran. I... I'm not a proud man. I'm not a fearless man. And those horrors just, just scared me. They, it's too much. Orlando, what you and I found down in that hole 
and he kind of gestures back to the motel. It's more than we can even reconcile as people. I mean, this... (laughs) He just kind of raised his eyebrows at, like, the... Like, skeleton Mendoza rising out of the flames. Have you seen the calves on that guy? Yeah. My goodness. But... (sighs) But what we saw... That was something else. Yeah. Yeah. Orlando... You should have run. I'm glad you did. I ran too. You ran too? Yeah. Of course I ran. Did you make it? About two weeks. Two weeks? Yeah. I don't know if it was that my body gave up or if my mind caved in my body followed. I don't know. You don't need to feel guilty. You don't need to be scared. But what we saw defies anything that we could ever cope with. And he looks back at the lodge and at the people fighting and he says, You've done a good thing. You've used your time well. You know, Jacob... I I had a dream like this once, except I, I was wearing a lab coat in the dream. Uh, and it's it's been on my mind for a while. I thought I'm probably alive because I ran. And um, I think if I'd stayed there with you and and Dylan, you would have died too. I would have ended up like I am now, and. I agree. I think I'm glad it's here. The two men begin to walk further out of the car park, discussing Orlando's dream. You named your dog after me? Uh, it, look, it's... It was a... It was... It was... A personality thing. It wasn't my choice. What are you saying? You're saying that this dog... You're saying that I'm no better than this dog? The body of Orlando, Florida, lays on the ground, embers dancing all around him, his dog Jacob by his side, as his castle burns around him. A captain with his ship. listeners, Aubrey here, and I've got a little insider scoop for you. Uh, Today, I want to recommend a podcast to you. It is the Night Post podcast. 
If you like Dark Tide in its particular brand of paranormal weirdness, I think you're really going to enjoy the Night Post podcast. Uh, I'm not going to tell you too much. We're going to play their trailer in just a second. I highly recommend that you check it out and you check out their show. You can find information on them pretty much wherever you get your podcasts and you can check them out at thenightpostpod.com. Yeah, really worth a listen. Definitely give it a go. Treat yourself to a little something while Dark Tides is uh, in between episodes. Bye. Hello there, citizen. You've lived in Guilt City for a while now. Maybe you've wondered when you wake in the morning and retrieve the letters tucked neatly into your postbox, just where your mail comes from. It comes from the night post, of course. Those faithful couriers deliver it while you're sleeping. All the better that they stay out of sight and keep the unseemly strangeness that follows them out of our city in the skelter where it belongs. If, for some reason, you'd like to know more about Guilt City's conscripted couriers and the burden that chose them, their secret hopes and fears the ancient, untamed threats that hound them on their nocturnal journeys. You have only to listen. The Night Post is a queer supernatural audio drama delivered weekly, in dead of night, to wherever you listen to podcasts. Find answers at nightpostpod.com. Weaver extends an arm out trying to stop Ben Mears as Ben Mears uh, launches through the the front door and he puts out both hands, grabbing two of the cars from either side of the pile and he swings them together and they just smash together over Mendoza and he swings them and hits them into Mendoza like a bat and sends him flinging across the car park. And Ben runs over to Gideon, who is just still alive. And as he is doing that, here comes Warwick. Warwick exits out. He is rolling his shoulders. He is bleeding. He is beaten. And he... What is he doing? Uh... Warwick has, with the cigar in his mouth, Warwick is just, like, laser-focused on Mendoza, and he is having something that he tries to to push to the back of his mind. He's having uh, flashbacks of his service days, and he's just rolling his shoulders, and as he's moving, he's, like, slowly breaking into a jog, and he's starting to, like, shadow box as he's going. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, On the ground... uh Ben, you are lifting uh, Gideon up. Uh, He is bleeding out incredibly quickly. These nails have done a heap of damage and to his neck he can barely be moved. You're basically just trying to not move him at all but keep him, like, away from the fire as it's going off and he is rambling and coughing and he is wide-eyed looking at you and the basic message you can discern from his ramblings is I kept the faith. There is no greater honour than to die for the cause under the command of a good man. I'll be in the halls of my fathers before morning. Tell Fabian to be strong. And he bleeds out in your arms. 
and you stay with him for a moment, the fire scorching your face. You feel it burning the hairs on your arms. You drag Gideon away so that he doesn't, like... He's dead, but you don't want him to be uncomfortable. Mm. And you get up and you extend your hand out to another gas bottle and you begin walking, dragging it behind you towards Mendoza, side by side with Warwick. That's a fair enough moment. Just saying. All right. All right, I'll get on it. Combat. Okay, so uh, we're going to say Warwick is going to go in first. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Mendoza is just getting up off the ground. As the more damage is being dealt to him, bone is growing up kind of in its place to kind of protect that area, but it's a slow process. It's not like the the rabbit man where he can heal himself completely type of thing. Alright, Warwick hits two of the three times again. Uh, And I think that's a total of 26 damage. He, He is basically gone into training that he remembers from his service days. He steps right in under Mendoza's guard as Mendoza tries to swing out at him. He gets right in Mendoza's personal space. He puts a left hand on Mendoza's right shoulder around the bicep and pulls it up so that uh, Mendoza is kind of pulled to one side and his chest is out. And then he punches twice. Once in the face the second time in the throat. Okay. With all his might. Okay, Mendoza is hit, hit, and you've done a heap of damage to him. He wrenches his arm out of your grip, and it's that classic anime moment. Both bring their their fists back, and they connect uh, uh, your gauntlet to his bone hand, and you feel your knuckles breaking under his pressure, but you see cracks going through his bone arm as they leaf back and he brings a fist up and hits it into your jaw and another to your stomach. Uh, Let me just roll damage. You lucky bastard. He rolled two ones. (laughs) He uh, brings you like back, back, back and you feel yourself dazed. And you hear the sound of as Ben Mears is spinning this gas bottle for Gideon. And he launches it, and you let yourself fall backwards. Mm-hmm. You black out as this hits. And Ben Mears, you are just a little bit too close. Mm. There are still sparks on, Mendo- on Mendoza. There are still bits of flame, so the gas bottle goes off, and you are blasted back. It hits him. It kills him. Warwick going down to four health and you finish him off with this and you are blown back into a car smashing the windows and you hit the ground and you black out as well. comes, but it is not a bright dawn. The sky above is grey and dreary. Winter has taken the town fully now. The trees are bare and rattle against each other in the chilling winds like bones. Mercy's Creek sits silently in the morning. 
the remainder of the uh, forerunners have escaped after the death of Mendoza. They're general, basically. They are orderless, and with the sun rising, they are weaker, and so they have dispersed. What are you going to do? Uh, Buddy has probably the person who did the least this, has at least had time to watch everything happen. Um, I think he's going to run outside to try and help uh, bring back uh, Warwick um, and try and, I don't know, maybe be like, okay, outside's probably not a good place for that man to be just lying there. Um, So I don't, kind of just general... Also, he thinks probably the only person who can lift up Warwick. You need the help of a few other I people. Think, I think yeah. Tully would, okay. would see that um, and help you as well. Yeah, you just, bring him away from the smouldering pile with his Mendoza. Yeah. Um, and then after that, you know, just going to every other person that seems passed out and trying to bring them all together yeah. into a passed pile. out pile. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, the, the, the Harlow brothers have uh, made some sort of realisation and, and have headed deeper into the game's room and they have come out with Sheriff Whitaker. A part of the ceiling collapsed on him. He is alive, but he is burnt and he is like hurt. He was trying to like shore up walls in the back room, which uh, was suddenly ignited. Were we able um, to put all the fires out with the water that we'd prepped before? The water, so you basically the water that you prepped was in the bathroom areas, which are yeah. tiled anyway. Mm-hmm. So, but the top floors are ignited. You can't get up there. Yeah. The so lodge, basically, the just lodge is have lost. to get out. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, in that case, not bring them inside then. Yeah. <laughs> no, we're Don't bringing couches outside. outside. Okay, we're bringing. Yeah. Chuck them on the couch. Drag couch it out there. <laughs> Buddy grabs the couch, brings it to Warwick, and then just kind of. <laughs> He yeah. drags the cast that Tully is on. Yeah. <laughs> oh, right. Um, um, so Jess is going to take off her jacket since, you know, she's severely <clears throat> bleeding from her shoulder um, and she's just going to try and use it to stop the bleeding. But as she's leaving the building, she's going to pull out her Swiss Army knife, go up to a panel that she knows is the Ashwood, shove it in behind and rip it off and then yep. just grab that plank and walk out. Yep, so the mountain ash. Yep, sure. Uh, Liv is looking for Weaver. She's just frantically going about being like, where the heck is he? Uh, yep, so Weaver is sitting uh, on the front steps of the building as it's, like, burning behind him. She frantically comes out of the you. hallway and she's like, "Yeah, oh. It's a very cold morning, so he's just using the fire to stay warm and he's just sitting there and Vesper has... In the in like in the sunlight has shrunk down to his smaller form and is sitting in Weaver's shadow to avoid the Aww. sunlight. Is just seeing their arms crossed. <laughs> I don't like being in the sun. Poor oh boy, baby. Um, um, yeah. Liv is gonna walk over and basically use herself as a body shield to give Vesper a little bit more shadow, and she's gonna go sit down on like one of the lowest steps. Yeah, okay, he looks up at you and is like, oh, "That's better." I don't like being out in the dark. He's like, he's like growling at Weaver. The <laughs> umbrellas are all on fire with the rest of the place. <laughs> Flaming umbrella, that'll be great. <laughs> okay, yep. Um, cool, okay. Uh, yeah, I think once Tully's moved, um, helped Buddy with, mm. with Warwick, he would like make sure Ben Mears is okay and then just like try and find everyone else, bring them on. He's like, okay, we all here. Is everyone okay? 
Jess, your arm looks hurt. We need to make sure we get something on that. Is everyone else all right? You look over to the steps and you see Liv and Weaver and you're like, eh, she's perfectly fine. <laughs> oh, yeah, did you not get um, hit at No, all? she's got full health! Oh, no. I mean, uh, Jess is actually doing yeah. pretty good as we- well. But uh, Tully, you just noticed that Weaver is staring at you. Oh. Okay, so once he's asserted that everyone else is okay, he goes and walks over to Weaver. Weaver stands up and very Tuck-esque grabs both sides of your head and rotates your head around looking at it and he holds both your eyelids open and like holds them open and brings it in why why are you looking at me like that he lets go and like clips your ear (laughs) go thank you Weaver and he sits back down yeah Tully you and I are gonna have a few words Oh, Not now. Are we? But later. Okay. Wow, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> so he walks away. <laughs> um, Sheriff Whitaker is, he's taken off his jacket. Uh, part of it has melted because of the heat, but it did protect mm. him from the majority of the fire. He checks down and he's looking at Ben and he's looking at Warwick and he's kind of, the, the dead are laid out in a further off part of the car park, but he's looking at Ben and Warwick. And he turns to Emily and he turns to Derek, who's technically his boss. And he says, well, these two aren't looking good. My Merc is small enough I can take the back roads. I don't know what will be waiting for me there, but I can get them to a local friend. Well, not so local, he's out of town. It'll take me some hours to get there with the back roads, but I can get them help. You need to be really careful. I know, son. I know about being I, careful. I was one of them. I know what they have planned for people leaving. Emily is looking down at Warwick. Yeah, no, he's... Uh, he's pushed past what he should. If you can get him out, do it. I can get them out, but coming back will be a struggle. Don't come back. I'm coming back. This is my town. There, by the time you get back, it'll be decided one way or the other. Now, I know what I'm doing, and I'm going to need Mears. This is not going to be easy. Weaver, like, holds his hand up. <laughs> We've gotten up from the steps and joined the group. No, he's still sitting at the steps. He's oh. like a ways off. He's just been listening. He's like, puts his hand up. Yes, so yes you at the front. <laughs> Bates is growing more powerful. As his power grows, so does his influence. It's only a matter of time before he shrouds Mercy's Creek in an unending darkness. But Bates is not the enemy. No. We need to sever his connection with the Persona. They're the true enemy here. The only way to stop them is to challenge them to a duel. Make yourself their new master. In which case they'll begin to corrupt and destroy whoever is their host. None of you are strong enough, neither to battle all of them and win, but also, they'll destroy you from the inside out. They'll use everything bad in your life to reduce you to nothing. They'll turn everything good to poison too. They'll never accept me as their master again. I'm too weak. So... It has to be you, Emily of Tear. 
Emily is going to um, kind of drop to her haunches in front of him where he's sitting on the steps and she's going to look him in the eye. I can do it. One-on-one, it's almost not fair, but I can do it. The problem is it's not going to be one-on-one. All of Bates's bag of tricks will be coming out. I know. I'll hold them off, and you take the persona. And we can carve a path for these lot. If we can draw their number all to us, their path will be clear. Emily's going to look around at the group of you. If I can take out the persona, we can take away anything that's protecting Bates. But once that's done, I'm going to have my hands full. I'm going to leave Bates to you. Okay? Liv gives a quick nod. If any of us come close to him, he'll prey on our fears. If he's so corrupted by the persona that he'll send what he sees as his children against us to try and kill us like this. He'll do anything within his power to manipulate our minds. But as you've proven with your friend Tally, you all possess a deep enough connection to be physical and mental anchors for each other. If you stand against him united, he won't stand a chance to manipulate you. But know this. His bag of tricks run deep. We haven't even come across his most powerful ally yet. What we've encountered are the forerunners. Children to the forefathers. These ones, he's kept his influence minor on, so as to keep up appearances of the town running smoothly. He'll have a store of his true creatures waiting. Somewhere dark. Somewhere quiet. An abandoned old building. A factory. Or even the very sewers. We call them the Fortified. They have been feasting on the flesh of uncorrupted humans. Becoming less than human. More than Forerunner. That big man, Mendoza. He had just recently taken the flesh of a citizen. Look how strong it made him. So beware the Fortified. He, like, grabs the part of the uh, step to the side of him and sways a little bit, but stays up. Uh, but he's just going to take a moment to process that and go, um, <clears throat> uh, so do you have knives for the rest of us then to help out? Liv just slowly brings the knife around and hides it behind her back. (laughs) There's nothing special about the knife. It's just a knife. Tully looks at Liv. (laughs) So. It's just a symbol. How are we meant to kill, like, stop these things? We don't. We get to Bates and we sort out Bates. Tuck is stretching the elastic on the slingshot. That's all we have to do, right? You'll take care of the rest. We get to Bates. And when we get to Bates, I think I can get us our town back. Tuck, as you're saying this, your eye kind of glazes over to Ben Media's and then glazes further on to, uh, to Gideon. 
and you draw the connection that Fabian is still in the king's general practice. Hold on, is it? Fabian's there, Gideon's dead. Fabian's yeah. dead, cool. The Fabian is still in king's general practice and having any form of backup right now could be really good. And you also remember the thing you saw last night. The people with torches mm-hmm. at the church. I think we've got a couple of pit stops to make there. Okay. Lead the way. We're with you. Derek puts his gun in his holster and he looks up and kind of addresses the crowd. Not us. We have our own pit stop to make. And he looks at Jess. We have to go home. I don't know what state mum and dad are in. But I'm not going to have them being used against us. And if they need to be put down, then that's Harlow business. And they'll be dealt with in the family. All right. Luke, uh, you're the younger one, he's about a year older than you. Luke's like, Luke's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. What? <laughs> what do you, what do you mean? And Derek just like grabs him by the scruff of the neck and is like leading him towards the sheriff car. Can Jess try and go get the old Ford? Uh, I don't know if that has been used. Let me roll to see if that was used in the the car pileup, which is now. I think we used that one. That's a one. It definitely was. Okay, yeah, okay. It's uh, it's on fire. Nice, nice, cool. Uh, She pulls out the keys, goes to like press the click click. (laughs) Oh wait, central locking is not a thing, and oh no, it would be a thing in 1993. Yeah, but it's an old old F truck. Yeah, did John Campbell outfit it with a little new system of like? Central locking. It goes bloop, bloop, and then explodes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Throw the keys into the fire. Yeah. yeah all right. Yeah. Um, yeah, puts her gun in her back pocket. That's totally gun safety. Cool. Uh, Tuck, you help Sheriff Whitaker load uh, Ben Mears and Warwick into the back of the the thirsty Merc. It is a tight squeeze to get the two of them in the back. Uh, Sheriff Whitaker literally just grabs handfuls and handfuls of these boxes and just chucks them over his shoulder. You hear the smashing of glass, the breaking of trophies, files going all the places, he's just chucking them out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Tully walks over to Weaver. So the what did you call them? The, the fortified. I didn't when did that start? Early. As early as he could have made it. Before the car park, before the persona. I wouldn't say so. I don't think Bates has an understanding of any of this. The fortified were a very rare occurrence. They happened when... Listen, the forefathers are not an easy enemy to hunt. They tend to be rather good people. Trying to do good things... So fortified are very rare. It takes a very corrupted forefather to create fortified. It would only have been when the personas began to toy with his mind that he would even consider something like that. That They were most likely feeding off dead animals, dead bodies, that sort of thing. I was about to say that makes me feel better, but then he like kind (laughs) of, he's like, yep, cool. And then turns to Liv and just looks at you and he says, Liv, I don't think there's anything you can say to me right now that I haven't already thought of. 
or said to myself. I murdered Willow, and I deserve to pay for it. But I'm going to do what I can to help my friends first, okay? She stands up, takes a very deep breath. She's put the knife down where she was sitting. That's good. <laughs> That's very good. No stabbies. And she hugs you. Oh, I was expecting you to slap me. That's nice. Every inclination in my body is to slap you. But I understand that forgiveness is the quickest road forward. And we may not have very much time left. For now, I am going to heal what I can. She gives a tighter squeeze and then sits back down, pulls out a bandage um, that she had in her front little apron pocket and looks at Weaver and wraps up one of his arms and tries to restore, like, two of his health, at least. Uh, Tully is sobbing. Like, uh. just completely uncontrollably. Nice. She does the emotional damage and then turns back to Weaver no, and she's he's... like, I can offer you two health. You did sure. do damage. You're, you're trying to show him that his friends still care about him. That's, like... Yeah. 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 It's emotional healing. Because he's given up on himself. Oh. Weaver is still swaying a little bit. Mm. But, yeah. Yeah. She was just like, this is much as I can yeah. do. Yeah. As she's wrapping his arm, she hears Tully sobbing and she's like, okay, I can't really do much about this. Um, <laughs> she's she... just standing there like... <laughs> <laughs> um, and she just looks at Weaver and she's like, so, uh, you, you came back. I thought you said that you weren't going to fight. Well, I mean, that's what the conversation with Vesper was, that you wouldn't... Vesper doesn't speak for me. I glares at him, (laughs) and Vesper glares back. It's like, yes, I do. Liv just kind of, like, puts a leg between Vesper and Weaver, and she's like, it's okay. Don't don't." argue with me, persona. (laughs) I'm not persona. (laughs) I'm you. And she's like, okay, okay, boys, boys. All right. So, uh, I'm guessing you want your your knife back? He shrugs. It's just a knife. Okay. I think I'll keep it then. I might not keep it for very long, but I'll keep it. So, she's going to be like, um, by the way, it looks quite familiar. There was one in a town hall. It had similar markings. Oh, they're supposed to have the same markings. They, uh, it's a knife we all have to make at the start of our training to show that we are mentally mature enough to undertake the training, to be able to carve the symbols correctly and readably. Can they be repaired? If they have decayed? Depends how bad the rust is. If it's, oh, this one's pretty bad. If it's eaten away too much, then yeah, just make a new one. Make an... Okay, look, if I survive this, can you can, can you teach me? Can you show me, please? Like, squints at you? You want to learn that? Yes. I'm a nerd. Huh. Right. You <laughs> do. <laughs> 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 Weaver thinks you're a nerd. As he starts to sway a little bit more and passes out and falls forwards. She tries to catch him and she's like, whoa, 
Yeah. Uh, Vesper stands up and like gets over your leg and is like, yeah, he's still kind of, he like gestures his, his own jaw. So, yeah, he's, he's just tired. He'll be right. <laughs> he's just sleeping. He's just sleeping. He's just having a little. To the pile he's of unconscious have, people. He's having a little nap. He'll be. He'll. He's like pats him. He'll be up in quick, time. He'll be quick, going in time. Uh, Luke gently places him down on the step, just so that he can lay down. She gets back up and looks up at Tully by like quite a distance because he's just a been lot standing taller. there abandoned. He's just been standing there abandoned. She's like Tully. I realise that you yourself have lost hope in how you fit in with this group and that happened a long time ago. A lot of us have gone through that. I'm going to ask you to help me. That is all I can ask for. And for now, that's how you fit. (laughs) That's all I have left to give you anyway. That's okay. That's the building block. That's where we start. First off, we need to try and get Weaver up and away from the house. Oh, yeah, that's probably... Vesper is now sitting on Weaver. That's all flames. I go. (laughs) (laughs) He'll be right. There's, like, suddenly, like, a piece of wood next to him that the flame is slowly getting closer. Yeah, and and Vesper starts, like, blowing up. (laughs) (laughs) He'll be right. I go. Yeah, Tally's gonna help you move the Weaver. Yeah. <laughs> I think at this point, Buddy just comes okay. over and he goes up to Vespa. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you look yeah, big, okay. strong ghost, <laughs> man. <laughs> goes for a fist bump. Yeah, yeah. Goes oh, no, 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 no. Gotta go high five. <laughs> That's very insulting, Buddy. Yeah, yeah. Don't talk down to me. I lo- what? No, I'm complimenting you. Look, you're doing so well. Don't. You're doing- you I'm proud of you. Digging yourself a bigger hole. But he's not he's trying to be condescending at all. He genuinely I know, needs all this. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, let's uh, let's. He looks at. Yeah. Let's move him before he catches on fire. We'll move him to somewhere where it's shady. He yeah. disappears. <laughs> <laughs> Your sassy ghost friend is. One sec. One sec. It's kind of cute. <laughs> sassy. Oh. Okay. So I rolled to see if I, I got a nat twelve for finding something for shade. So I want to say. It's like one of those beach umbrellas. He's seen shade before. <laughs> like, like the, During the, one of the explosions, like a beach umbrella around. just came out of the shed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, okay. Yeah. You are. Uh, you Someone lay. Was using it like a javelin. <laughs> you lay uh, Weaver down in a part of shade near some trees, and mm. you have to walk past the the line of bodies to get there. And as you walk past, you see Orlando, Florida. You see uh, Gideon. You see. Uh, John Campbell, you see Frank Hill. No, yeah. Uh, yeah, so the dog is uh, still sitting with Orlando, and you see them all laid out in front of you. Buddy, I think you should take the dog. Yeah, I was thinking that too. Yeah. I'm, def- I'm going to go up to the dog you, and. You need to start feeding it chilies, though. <laughs> Shut up, darling. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Ah, I'm a cook. Good old times. I don't want to talk about. Uh, yeah, I like to go up to the dog and just kind of offer a, a, sim- a sympathetic like pat on it on it on its shoulder. Doesn't really move. Yeah, and ask. Um, hey, um, I think I, I overheard that your name was Jacob. 
Uh, if you want to stay here, that's all right. But uh, would you like to come with us to help end this? J- Jacob? The dog looks up at you and its ears are still down and back. Looks up at you for a second and then looks back down. And it gets up and starts to walk with you, but it doesn't look up. It's just looking at the ground, mostly as it goes. Come on, boy. Come on. All right, so the Harlows load up. Jess is fighting for shotgun. Yep. (laughs) Your brother Mark is just, Jess, you're the youngest. That's not how it works. I'm waiting. I got shotgun. Oh, for you. She like whacks with the piece of wood she's holding. Stop it! <laughs> he, he gets it. He gets it on the in the back. Um, okay. She's gonna carve into the wood while sitting in the front. By the way. Okay, you guys uh, pull off with the plan to meet up at King's General Practice after this lot go to the uh, church. church first because they want to try and stay out of town for as long as possible <clears throat> until the day the sun's like fully up. Uh, so you guys get into the rental that has a shattered side uh, and glass stains all in the front from its first crash. Uh, you guys, you know, I'm going to write this in. company a great review. That car has st- stood up so much. <laughs> yeah, there we go. All right, and you are, are we just leaving Weaver in the shade um, of an umbrella. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and so is Emily okay, going with you guys? Bad. What's I don't think so. Is she going to stay back with Weaver? Okay. Yeah. Emily sits down with Weaver, like in the the shade, as the last of like the last two side walls of the lodge collapse in, and the roof crumbles down into the flames, completely being lost within the fire, and the fire flares up as it absorbs this. Pevensey has been wrapping some of Warwick and Ben Mears' injuries as they're being loaded up into Sheriff Whitaker's car. He joins Emily and Weaver on the ground outside of the hotel and he waves to you guys as the Harlow car, the rental, and now Sheriff Whitaker's car all slowly leave the car park. The Harlow and the rental car heading down towards the town. Sheriff Whitaker's heading off into the distance and you guys start to trundle down into the body of Mercy's Creek. The sheriff issue truck rolls up the suburban streets of West Mercy. Jess, the world outside feels so unreal. You can see the hustle and bustle of life. People taking out their bins, an older man washing his car. But an ever-looming presence of danger emanates from them. A cold, unfeeling, inhuman nature. A savagery just beneath the skin. Don't make eye contact. Don't draw attention to yourselves, says Derek from the front seat. He is looking beaten and bruised. The adrenaline has made it easier for him to walk, but he is heavily bruised around the side of the head and looks like his like right cheekbone might be cracked or broken or something. Uh, he is dishevelled, but he is looking calm for the most part. 
Mark yawns from the back seat. Mark is the second oldest Harlow, two years younger than Derek, eight years older than you, Jess. Mark is broader than Derek, but a few inches shorter. He is much stockier and more built like your father, with a very square head. I'd say you're full of it if it wasn't for this morning. Mark rubs the back of his neck. Large scratches run down from the back of his head down along his neck. Don't be a little bitch. That's nothing. James pulls up his sleeve and shows a series of bite marks that run up it. They are deep and still bleeding. He points at one. He had braces. Hurt like hell. James is three years older than you, Jess. He is slightly taller than Derek, lanky as hell, thin and spindly with a head of sandy blonde hair. Guys, how about some quiet? Derek, what exactly is the plan here? I'm willing to commit to... Whatever we're planning to do here, we're already deep in with all this, but... Are we planning to kill mum and dad here? Luke speaks up now. Only a year older than you, he is the shortest and smallest of the boys, but still slightly taller than you. What do you mean, deep in? James turns to look at his brother. Self-defense and all that. James, you absolute tool. There's no walking away from this. A crowd of people don't get massacred and everyone gets to walk away. Evil or not, human or not, questions are going to be asked and we don't have much of an alibi worked out. We're all going down for this. So in my mind, what's a little more? But I want to know exactly what you're planning here, Derek. Derek tightens his grip on the steering wheel. I won't pretend like I know what's going on here. I don't fully believe what's going on. It feels like a nightmare, but one way or another, I want to see them again. I don't know what I'm going to do, but if they act against us, if it comes to choosing between us and them, I'll choose us. No man is going to use my parents like his puppets. And if that means I need to cut their strings to stop them dancing, then I will. Mark leans back in his chair and thinks for a second. I agree. They're our parents. They're our family. This choice is ours to make. If they aren't in their right mind, if they're dangerous, then I'd rather be us who deal with them than those other people at the lodge. We, what are you talking about? Why do we need to kill them? They're our parents, for God's sake. Jess, back me up here. Can't we just rehabilitate them like those mental, mental institutes or something? You saw them the other night. They were literally being Bates' bodyguards. James, Look. like, like gestures at you as like, this isn't backup, Jess. <laughs> and you remember this quite well because uh, Luke and Mark and Derek would just about always be on the same side. And then, um, then James would often come to you for a little bit of backup on whatever side he was pushing. And Jess would never give it to yeah. him. <laughs> because you're the youngest, he thinks he can influence you, but he is yet to be able to. It's like, yo, J names. Come on, J names together. Never. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look. 
Bates is going to use them, and as much as I want to try and save them, <sighs> I don't know. Look, we'll, we'll, we'll try talking. Let's talk first, because, you know, don't want to, you know, kill our parents um, when, you know, we don't have to. But I, I'm with Derek on this one. If they need to go down so that all of you, all my friends, whoever else is left in this town, if sacrificing our parents to save everyone else is the only way, then we'll do it. Together. As a family. James, like, pinches the bridge of his nose. Like, haven't you people heard of Arkham Asylum or those types of places? Like, yes, that's a comic book, but, like, there are things for this. Shock therapy. Stuff like... We can sort it out. Mercy killing. (laughs) In Mercy Creek. (laughs) The car pulls up, Jess, and you see it. Your house. The house you grew up in. You were too young, but there are photos of Derek and your dad holding you while building this house. This is, at its core, it is as core to your family as any of you. The holder of memories. A happy house. A house of bickering and snarky comments once you all grew up a bit, but mostly a happy house. (laughs) It sits on this street looking much less happy. It feels greyed out almost, devoid of life, devoid of reality. Little more than a husk. You feel as if light doesn't reach it anymore. That mould will start to grow on its bones before long. You open up the car and begin to walk up the path. The grass is beginning to get a little too long. You have to walk around the duck pond that you remember always bashing your shin on when sneaking in and out of the house. It was like a ritual part of it. James and Luke head around the side of the house to quickly check the back shed and then come through the back door. Mark breaks away to the other side of the house to go through the garage window that you would all use to sneak in and out of the house to check if the car was in the garage. Derek unclips his gun, putting it in his left hand. He looks at you, nods at the handle of the door, and he positions himself to the side of it. She's also going to grab her gun but keep it, like hold it behind her and turn the door handle. Okay, Uh, Derek sweeps in and begins surveying the area. You look through the front door as he heads in. There is the entrance area, which turns into a hall that leads all the way through the house, basically. To the right of the hall is a set of stairs leading upstairs. Tiny little broom cupboard under the stairs, which is literally stuffed full of Christmas decorations. Every year (laughs) your dad says he's going to cull some of the decorations, but he never did. To your right is the door that leads into the kitchen, and at the end of the hall, it opens up into the sitting room where you can see through a glass sliding door uh, to the sitting area where you spoke with Bates before. And beyond that, the small garden shed. You can see your two brothers walking towards it now. You also hear the distant clatter of Mark squeezing through a window, which is now much too small for him to get into the garage. You hear a tink of glass as he climbs through it. Um, Yeah. Uh, Derek has swept through the sitting room and unlocked the back door so that James and Luke can get back through the sliding door. He's now checking the kitchen. What would you like to do? Um, Jess is going to go upstairs. Okay. Uh, You make your way down the corridor. The corridor is... It feels heavy with photos. Like, it feels like if a, if a room was going to fall down, it'd be this room for the amount of stuff that's on the walls. There are, there's, there's even, your mum despises it, but it's one, there's one of those, like, talking fish thing. You press yes. the button and it sings. 
was one of those things that your dad won at like a at spots like five years ago. Your mum despises it. There are family photos. The battery has been taken out of it. Yeah. Uh, so you cross along the hall, you reach the, the stairs and you put your hand on the balustrade. Uh, and you begin to go up. Uh, you hear the sound of more clattering from the garage and Mark shouting. It's like, ow, my leg! <laughs> and Derek going and unlocking the door to there and you're hearing the sound of your brothers like trying to pull at the, the shed downstairs and you make your way up the stairs. One, two, three, four. You know these steps. You've, you've fallen down these steps. You've climbed up these steps. You've, rid- you've like gotten things of uh, cardboard and flown down these steps all this tough stuff you've injured yourself on just about every one of these steps and you make your way up can you roll twice for me just a d12 here yeah all right we got a nat 12 and a five okay cool all right you make your way up and you're on the top most step just before the other one and your vision goes dark and you see a hand, and you reach out and grab it. You snatch it and you grab it, and you reach around for your gun, and you see you, you grab the hand of your father at the top of the steps, and he's looking at you, kind of surprised. It's like, Jess. And you hear a click and a bang as you're shot through the gut, and you begin to fall and clatter down the steps. Bang, 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 bang. Clatter, bang, bang. You feel a rib break. You feel your hand snap beneath you. You feel your wrist break and like uh, your shoulder is jammed and your neck gets twinged as you clatter down and down and down and you clatter to the floor. You hear the sound of Derek making his way over. You hear the sound of your brothers throwing open the glass door behind you. You hear the sound of Mark like bashing on the door to the garage trying to get it open. And your dad starts to take step after step after step down the stairs. Do I still have my gun in hand? Or is it nearby? Uh, Yes, but with the broken hand and falling, I'm not going to say you're going to have a chance to grab it. Cool. Derek comes through the door and immediately lifts his gun up, pulls the hammer back, and the broom cupboard explodes out as your mother bursts through it and grabs Derek and bodily lifts him up and his gun goes off shooting into the ceiling and she throws him down and he breaks through the banistrate and is impaled through the stomach with one of the rungs. He coughs up blood, it snaps off and he falls onto the ground as the door from the kitchen to the garage is bashed open by um, Mark and your mother just like in a flash almost disappearing into smoke heads into the kitchen and she starts to tear through parts of the kitchen grabbing up things your brother is looking at her he's reaching for his gun as she is pulling up knives different cutting knives and throwing them one after the other and step 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 one in the neck one in the chest one through the hand one in the eye and Mark falls over dead on the floor your brothers are coming up behind you now and your father is descending down the stairs one after the other after the other what are you guys going to do? Cry. <laughs> um, oh, shoot. <laughs> she is going to just grab her Swiss knife because she realized she cannot hold a gun mm-hmm. at this stage. And 
is pro- she's going to attempt to stand up, but is probably going to just end up on her hands and knees, yep. shakingly just holding her knife, pointing towards her father. Okay. Uh, your brothers are coming up the, the back now. Uh, Luke is shocked. He's seen Derek bleeding out on the floor. He's just seen what's happened in the kitchen and he's making his way through the door and your mother is on top of him already. She grabs him by the head. She grabs the sliding door, pushes him back and smashes it shut and crushes his head. Uh, James is spinning around. He is the most immature of all of you. He is, in, he is not the youngest, but he's always felt like the youngest. And he grabs you around the stomach and pushes you further along the hall trying to get you towards the door as he's going for his gun and his father walks past him and gently pushes him back and there's a sink as your mother comes up behind him and slashes his throat and then proceeds to start to bite at his neck your father walks alongside you and past you and he grabs you by your leg and starts to drag you out of the room and he starts to sing love good cover love good cover love how happy are we and you feel yourself being dragged out of the house Derek spluttering and coughing as he's sliding down your mother and uh, James tussling a little bit as James's strength is just completely failing as she is climbing on top of him your father drags you out to the front and you're seeing suburbia you're seeing people mowing they are they're wearing extra layers they're trying to avoid the sun but they're just mowing they're going about their lives and they are paying no mind to you your father drags you over towards the duck pond and he grabs you by the back of the head. He grabs your hands as well, the knife sinking into his palm as he does it. And he reaches down and pulls it out and flicks it away. And he grabs you by the back of the head and jams your head into the duck pond. You begin to drown. You start to try and fight him. Uh, roll for me. Uh, disadvantage. Okay. Well, yeah, five and a six, so five. Okay. I'm not it well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you're pushing back. You're hitting him in the chest. Uh, bubbles are just coming up. You're, like, it feels like the world is spinning. Reality is turning over on itself. You can't comprehend exactly what just happened in such a quick amount of time, in just moments, in just seconds. Like, this trap was laid for you and you walked into it just instantaneously. Like, how, like how can everything change so quickly? And your head's coming up a little bit and you're hearing your father still singing that song. Love, cook a bar laugh. As he is jamming your head, like, down and down. And you're snatching small little glimpses up at him as tears are pouring down his face. His eyes are lifeless, and you make the connection. You finally see it. Their eyes. You see in his eyes a pond. But you don't see yourself reflected in it. You're not in his eyes, yet he is still crying as he is singing.
is a pause as he is holding you under. And then there is a bang. And your father falls down dead. Derek is leaning on the side of the the front door. He slowly slides down it, blood coating his pants and his shirt. He's broken off the balustrade at the front to keep it in place. And he slides down and he coughs as he checks behind him. His mother is also dead. He's shot her as well, just over the, like just before the door. All the others are dead. And he coughs. <laughs> yes. And he has to basically go onto all fours. And he crawls over to the duck pot. Yes. And he pulls your dead body out of the pond. And he lets it. And he, like, pulls it out. And your head lands against his chest. And he shakes you a little bit. Just wake up. Yes. Yes. And he looks down at his dad and he looks back at the house. I'm sorry. Just trying to do my job. And he looks out you he shakes you again <laughs> we uh, we didn't get to talk he shakes you smile Jess The utter destruction of an entire family in a few moments. Everything laid to waste. And we fade away from that happy house. Norman Weaver's eyes flash open and he begins to climb up. Emily, you turn to him in surprise and you see that he is already drawing his sword and you reach for your own. Pevensey too begins to clamber to his feet. She's here. We hear distant whistling as a woman dressed all in black with 
blue highlights begins walking up the road. take a quick moment to thank our amazing patrons who bring this series to you and allow us to keep making it if you'd like to support us head over to patreon.com slash dark tides i'd like to thank amanda erin jacinda emma evelyn adorable nico Faye, sarah kevin zach lee stormkey jake stephanie kira colin stefan Nathaniel, Undercoming Arts, Number 27, Snacky Boy, Flower, Addy, Julita, Dazwood, Red Panda, Lexi, David, Macau, Glennis, Jackson, Spixie Cafe, and Angela. We will see you again in two weeks.